0: Today's episode is with Dr. Evan Money. He's a world-renowned global entrepreneur. He's an author. He's a speaker. He's known for marrying his bride any number of times. You can check out more about him at evanmoney.com. This episode was phenomenal. We talked a lot about your mindset of success and the habits you need to break in order to take yourself to the next level. I loved this episode. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast, bringing you another PodMax interview with Dr. Evan Money. I don't even know where to start with introducing this guy because he's accomplished and done so much. What I'll tell you, he's a global entrepreneur. He's a film producer. He's also somebody who happily is married and wants to share some insights about marriage and (laughs) how do you really love your spouse well. He also mentioned, this one's interesting, we'll have to dive right into this one. He's a self-diagnosed ADD Visionary. Evan, welcome to the show. Tell me about that one. What's going on there?
1: Blake, excited to be here. And it's always a blessing to talk to other entrepreneurs, because when I first started way back 22 plus years ago, there was no such thing as podcasts. There was no such thing as getting great advice. There was no such thing as good advice. There was really no such thing as bad advice. (laughs) You were just, you know, you're, you're jumping off the building, building your wings on the way down, and you got wow. no one to model from. And so, so just excited to be on a, a podcast like this where I could talk into those entrepreneurs at all different levels, whether you're trying to scale, whether you're just trying to raise startup funds, yeah. whether you're like, man, things are going great, but my life's a mess outside of business. <laughs> uh, you picked the right podcast. So
0: I've got some great and good and glorious advice for you. You seem like the total package, man. I mean, I'm just, I'm thinking through all the things you've, you've dipped your hands into. We, we, I mentioned film producing, writing a book, you know, and then, and then the personal side of it. I mean, I was looking at your website and just seeing, I love the tagline of turning your old life into the gold life. And just some of the things that you're doing are are really exciting. And, you know, I, you and I were talking about the Super Bowl ring you have. Um, I love the Oklahoma City Thunder and have a former love of Kevin Durant. And I saw he had your ES necklace on. And yes. So, um, or uh, I just, man, I tell me about who you are as a person. You know, you said you've been in business for over 20 years now. Wh- wh- what has made you who you are today?
1: Wow. So it goes back to the gold life when I really discovered of, okay, coming up, you know, like, pretty much everyone listening to your podcast, you know, your 6 billion listeners, I come from a normal dysfunctional family. And so on the little PodMax form, they talked about, you know, what drew you into entrepreneurship? And I was like, man, I was just a rebel. I was like, (laughs) I didn't like people telling me what to do. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, there's this new term, it's actually an old term, but I'll, I'll clue people into this. There's this new term about social entrepreneurship and all this stuff. And I'm not putting that down. But In 1960, uh, and you can see the jersey on the back, and that's a story later, but in 1960, Rich DeVos in the mid-60s wrote a book called Compassionate Capitalism in the 60s. Mm. He was the one that coined the phrase, and I remember reading his book early on, and I was just like, yeah, that's what I want to be. I don't want to be the jerk entrepreneur. I don't want to be the guy you know, that's got the money and F everybody, I'm, you know, stomping my way to success and doing that. You know, I was a nice guy at heart. Again, I had major father-son issues. I was hurt. I was broken. I was scared. I didn't want to be the jerk entrepreneur. And growing up in, you know, 80s and 90s, that's all that was modeled. That's all that hmm. was there. And I was like, man, can't a nice guy actually make a successful business? And I realized, wow, it is possible. Wow, you really can do that. But yeah, everything just came out of being this rebel and saying, you know what, I'm not going to do what the system tells me to do. I mean, I was incarcerated for 12 years, Blake, in the Los Angeles County public wow. school system. And oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I was
0: yeah, like, whoa, was,
1: this is a good yeah, detail. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you. I'm
0: with you. Yeah, you're I'm with there. me, okay? Yeah. And that
1: was like, okay, the bell rings. That the, when the bell rings, that tells you when you're hungry. That tells yeah. you when you get to go to the bathroom. That tells you when you go do all this stuff. And I was like, man, I'm out. I cannot do this. I've got to get out of here. And in today's world, it's a lot easier because you got the internet. You got all this stuff. But Back then, we had nothing. Right. And it was like, my only escape was entrepreneurism. And that rebel side really comes out when it comes to relationships. So for me, like the, the first quote you see on my website is from William Jennings Bryan. It says many men and women can build a business, but very few can build a family. Hmm. And I didn't want to be that guy who's on wife number five or wife number six, like my dad modeled for me. You know, my dad wow. just recycled one every ten years. It was like every ten years, like clockwork. Up, oh, got a new one. Got a new one. Got a to the point where he would go to the same pastor at the same church, and I believe he pretty much just recycled the vow. He was just like, "Yep, <laughs> I just still gonna got trade it. this yeah. in. Trade this <laughs> in. Yeah." And uh, my mom was the same way, bust her heart, just recycling relationships. And I was like, I am not doing this, you know, give me the red pill, the blue pill, whatever pill, I'm not doing this. And I didn't want to be the other guy at the same time, right? And I'm not putting it down, I'm just giving you this term, like the Amish poor person, right? Who's like, yeah, we're living on breadsticks, but we're happy. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's if that's what they want, that's awesome. But I was like, man, surely there's got to be a way living in Los Angeles where, I can live in my dream home, drive my dream cars and have a dream relationship with my bride and my family. There has to be a way. And so it started with marriage, Blake. And I looked around and in Los Angeles, and it may be true where you guys are at, or probably in, in Green Bay as well, <laughs> we tried the backers here. But all I saw relationship wise was, especially with entrepreneurs, is if you're married and entrepreneur, you're either married and miserable, mm. you're either divorced and desperate, or you're either single and cynical. And I was like, I am not doing that. I just read a a great article about Elon Musk, you know, talking about all his multiple marriages and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I am not doing that. And so just that rebel side of me was like, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to be happily ever after. I'm going to figure out how to have an awesome marriage, an awesome business, and have kids that I love that want to spend time with
0: me and I want to spend time with them. Not all the time, but <laughs> some so, of the time. So is, is is the answer, is the insight there like this, you call it being a rebel. I mean, is it is it this like passionate diligence around not letting these things slide? Because often what happens is these cliches that you're talking about is people feel like if I'm going to grow my business, then I have to, if I'm holding my business in these hands, I have to let something else fall out. So that's my relationships, that's my marriage. Or if I spend time, you know, I talked to somebody who was like, well, I mean, I'd I love to spend time with my kids, but I can't if I'm gonna grow what I want to do. And it's almost like we have these, these cliches that are kind of built into us that are mutually exclusive. If I'm hearing you right, there's, there's a way you can build, build all of these things together without having to let one go. Absolutely. And, and to me, that is what true greatness
1: is. So you hear people always talk about greatness, but it's only in one area, right? Like, yeah. oh, yeah, he's great over here in sports, or this guy's great over here in finances. And it's like, yeah, but what about this string of relationships and all these, you know, all these kids you've had out of wedlock and all this stuff, right? And da da da, da the string of brokenness. Oh, yeah, no, 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 don't look at that. Just look at my, my you know, my financial thing. Look at the movies I've made. Look at this. I was just reading i'm trying to remember his name but it, it's called off the record and it's the most famous music producer and everybody's heard of the people he's worked with they don't really know his name i think it's, it's david something but he's worked with celine dion michael bolton whitney houston um, you know, chicago i mean anyone that had a number one hit he did it and you know his piano stack full of these grammys <laughs> but he's on he's on wife number five yeah and in yeah. the documentary You know, he's now in his 60s and he looks you right in the eye in the camera. He goes, my biggest mistake was getting my first divorce. He goes, I regret that, you know, big time. And it was like, man, I don't want to live that way. And so I think the challenge becomes once I was able to get past my, you know, ego issues and pride issues and all that and realize that, hey, I need to champion this because people don't know it's possible you know, when you, you know, for me, someone in the faith-based world, you know, at at the church that I go to, I've never heard anyone at church talk about the awesome sex they're having with their wives. Never. No one ever talks about it. And I'm like, I can't be the only one. Surely there's got to be someone else around here. But when people do at church talk about the awesome sex they're having, they're talking about, oh, I'm cheating on my wife, my secretary, or I'm getting it on the side over here with a stripper. And I was like, no, man, no, 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 no. So I realize it, it's really about champing that it is possible. And one breakthrough for me for good advice, Blake, is number one is it is possible. That's the first thing. It is possible. But yeah, I don't have any friends that have done it. I don't, It doesn't matter. It is possible. You can do it. There's actually a lot more people doing it. You just don't see them, so you don't think it's possible. They're not the ones that are on, the, you know, on, on Instagram crushing it, okay? Those aren't the people. It's the, you know, the people that have the life you want. All you entrepreneurs out there, the people that have the life you want aren't posting about it. Hmm. We're living it. Yeah. Wow. But uh, I'm understanding now as the younger generation is talking to me because I mentor a lot of millennials and and younger and they're just like, hey, our our world is different. We got to see it. You know, you got to show us more. Have you got to help us? And so I'm figuring out how to, how to show more rather than posture and post and do all this stuff. Um, but going back to your original question, because as an ADD visionary, you are going to get a long answer to a yeah. short question. It's okay. Is it's good. When it's I good. Fi- yeah. When I finally figured out, which is why I wear, you know, the Super Bowl ring with a big G on it, is when I finally, you know, doing everything the wrong way, the hard way, banging my head against the wall, things are not working. I was like, you know what? Everything shifted. When I got out of my, gold, all of my old life and I went to the gold life. And the way I did that is I took a capital G and I put it in front of old. And I was like, you know, what would really happen if I put God first? What would that look like if I actually really did that mm-hmm. and actually did what he recommended, which was, hey, pray for your enemies. And I'll, I'll ask you, Blake, and all the listeners, when was the last time you prayed for any of your enemies? Probably Never. But it's very clear, like, hey, if you want to love me, you need to pray for your enemies. And it's like, oh, gee, I never thought about that. I just blew that off. And So for me, it's really about going to that gold life and saying, okay, what would it really look like if I actually believed in what, you know, I go to church and they talk about all the time, right? What would it look like to live that out on a day-to-day basis? So for me... And I'm not a big fan. I'm not religious at all. can't stand religion. For me, it's all about a lifestyle. But understanding that, and I think this will set a lot of entrepreneurs free, is that it's church is Monday through Saturday. Hmm. You know, That's real life. It's Monday through Saturday. It's how you treat your family. It's how you treat the guy that can't do anything for you. And I know, Blake, the listeners didn't get a chance to hear, but Blake, we were listening to the, the networking guy, right, doing the, the keynote. And he was talking about the cheesy networking people, like I don't know you, but I need you to do this, this, this. Yeah, and I, like, I don't, yeah, I don't want anything, you know, anything to do with that. Um, but diving into that, it's it really comes around to understanding again that it is possible. You can create all these things, and from a, a faith-based side, it's about how you treat people Monday through Saturday. And Sunday is just the ice cream and the celebration of like, hey, you know, man, we had an awesome week. Let's celebrate. It's, you know, and this is where entrepreneurs get so confused. Like I see so many people lose this. They keep thinking like, okay, I have my business life over here, right? I have my podcast over here, okay? <laughs> then I have my family life over here. Then I have my marriage over here. And it's all one thing. Everything affects everything else. There is no like, okay, and then I'm going to go to church on Sunday. So, and the church does a horrible job at this. Like they'll, they'll seed things in, they'll implant subconscious things like, okay, now it's time for worship. Like, wait a minute. I mean, I I can only worship right here, right now for this, this 20 minute window, Hmm. you know? Um, And okay, now it's time. If you want to serve, you can sign up for our volunteer things here, here, and here. It's like, oh, so I can't serve doing anything else only for these specific things at these specific times. So here's something that set me totally free as an entrepreneur. Uh, in the ancient Hebrew lexicon, because the Hebrew language is so rich, and my bride's a linguistic. she speaks you know multiple languages. She speaks French. She speaks Spanish. She speaks Dutch. And I'm the ignorant American with one language, <laughs> and, you know, um, and a little bit of tiny un peu français, and uh, you know, say habla poquito, all right? Um, So, but she helps me understand and understanding how rich other languages are and how pretty lame the English language is. But there's a word in the Hebrew, it's called a voda. And the the English translation, you're going to love this, Blake, and all the entrepreneurs are. The English translation is work, worship, and service. It's all one word, work, Mm. worship, and service. So for me right now, this may be heresy, but I know I'm going to free some minds here. This is my worship time right here with you talking to entrepreneurs, freeing minds, helping people know that, gosh, there's a better way to live. Oh my gosh, it is possible. Okay. Literally, when I go to church on Sunday you know, to celebrate and do all that, most of the time I'm sitting there going, man, there's got to be something more than this, right? So hmm. I realize, hey, it's Monday through Saturday, right? So I can work, I can worship, I can serve all at the same time doing what I love, which is talking to you right now. So there's this guilt factor of, oh, my gosh, I, you know, I need to go serve at the church and get away from my business. No, man, why can't you serve in your business? Why can't you, you know, have a voda in your business where it's work, worship, and service? And you really can do those things because most entrepreneurs, sadly, are in two stages, Blake. They're either at the business feeling guilty because they're not at home, right? Or they're at home and feeling guilty like, oh, my gosh, I still got to do payroll and I got, I got taxes and I got this and that, and it's like no, 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 no. So it's understanding this realization that here's some of the best advice I'll ever give you: is that there's no such thing as balance for an entrepreneur. And mm. this is why most entrepreneurs are lost in church because church is a is a job setting. It's all about the typical job setting. Okay, you got the boss is the pastor here, and you got this and this, and they don't know what to do with entrepreneurs. So most entrepreneurs go to church. They're just like oh, I don't get it. Um, so from from that context, what you can do is understand. That okay. So, from the entrepreneur standpoint of saying, "Hey, how do we realize that there's no such thing as balance for an entrepreneur?" And this lie has been shoved down us since you know we entered you know the first prison sentence of kindergarten, right? There's supposed to be this thing of like somehow you're supposed to be able to balance things, and there's a balance and a balance <laughs> sure. and a balance. Um, and I don't know about you, but like I don't know if you've again some of the entrepreneurs out there that have young children. You know, tell me about all the balance you have with the newborn in the house, right? I mean, <laughs> nobody's sleeping, right? I right now. There you Okay, yeah. Tell us about all the balance in your life, Blake. You know, yeah, yeah, tell yeah. us about those ten hours of sleep you're getting. Yeah, right. Okay.
0: By so, the way, I've, I've learned not to answer that question because my wife has always done infinitely more, and so yes. I'm sure not to complain. So yes,
1: yes. Yeah. So you Continue. got. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. No. So it's, it's right. So, okay. So newborn, right. It's like, okay, there's no balance. And then when they become, and you probably have a few more, you know, then when they become toddlers, you're thinking like, oh, it'll get easier. No. Okay. So there's no balance in that area. Now you look at something like school, right? Traditional school that we alluded to, right? Okay. So you're there from 8 a.m. to 3 or 4 p.m. And then you have homework on top of that. I mean, there's no balance there. It's just school, school, school. school. That's why when summer comes, it's like, oh, yes, I'm free. Huh? Oh. Okay, and then you look at a college situation, right? Like, look at anybody in college, right? Tell me about all the balance you had in your college life, right, like all the great rest you were getting and all the studying, you, you know, right? Again, then you get to the corporate world, right? It's like, okay, from the time I wake up from a job person, the time I wake up to getting ready for driving to, you know, as soon as COVID releases, right? Driving to and then working and then coming home from work, that's 90% of my day and 100% of my mental energy. And then you times out by two for an entrepreneur, right? You know, from the time you wake up, you think about the company When you're getting ready. Think about the company. You're, 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 you're get, get your kids. OK, then I got to get to the company and then you're at the company and then you're thinking about other stuff. Then you're driving home, think about the company. And then you're getting at home going, oh, man, I need all oh, right. So there is no balance. What you can create as an entrepreneur, is you can create harmony, hmm. harmony from a music standpoint. And the blessing as a, of an entrepreneur is that you get to write your own notes. You get to be the composer. You get to be the conductor. Now, Blake, at your structure, your time in life, you know, your notes are in a different alignment than my notes. I got teenagers, so I got a little different notes, right? You got the survival notes of like, okay, let's just make it to another day. Okay, let's feed the baby, right? You ever notice how interesting it is, right? Like, you go speak or talk, right? the end of after a couple of podcasts you're like man my voice is hoarse you know i've been talking a lot hey your baby can scream all night never gets hoarse right
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> how does that work
1: right it's like man what you know what happened here
0: yeah, yeah
1: but so you can create this this harmony and the harmony is getting on the same page with your bride and saying okay at this season right now with a newborn we got to start playing some of these notes but as the baby gets older and we start moving in here now we're going to move some of these notes and for a lot of entrepreneurs business is seasonal so it's like, hey, during some seasons, right, I'm playing different notes. You know, professional athletes, perfect example, right? It's like, hey, you know, when I'm, you know, on the road, whatever, right? But then the off season, right, we're over here. So it's about not feeling guilty, but writing your own notes. And some entrepreneurs have to kind of take a hard look and go, wow, the music, most people are, are dancing to other people's music that's been shoved on them. Mm-hmm. And then the, the rare entrepreneurs have actually written their own music, like you alluded to, right? Like, oh, man, I just, I'm just too busy. I can't do it, right? Yes, you can. And it's called being intentional and saying, hey, do I want to be the entrepreneur with five wives? Or do I want to be the harmonious entrepreneur who's successful, has a family that loves him, has one spouse who loves me, right? Think about, you know, because as entrepreneurs, right, it's all numbers, right? And, and okay, we got to fix numbers. I'm just telling you, divorces are really expensive, <laughs> OK, so yeah, from yeah. a practical standpoint, right, I've saved billions by not getting divorced just from a practical standpoint.
0: But, so let, let me ask you something. minute. How, how do you help people have the the presence of mind in the Because I love the word you use, intentional, being intentional, because a lot of people like because obviously no one says I want to be the entrepreneur who gets divorced. No one says that you know no one gets married saying that no one starts a business saying i want a business that's going to fail everyone obviously has these and they're not delusions of grandeur they're they're well meaning i want to see these things flourish and be successful but we often don't wake up to oh my gosh i'm on the brink of divorce until when your wife says hey i'm leaving you so like how how do you teach people every single day to have that intentionality of mindset of, okay, I'm investing in my marriage today. I'm investing in my kids today. I'm investing in my business today. And it not, and man, I love the word you use, and, and it be harmonious where it's not like, oh, and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. But it's like, all of these things are in my mind and they're, they're, there's a rhythm together with them. How, how does someone master that?
1: Mm, great question. Great question. So first step, number one, is you got to get off the guilt of thinking that your music has to look like
0: somebody else's. I love that. That's great. So, great so social for me, media. Yes. Social yes. media area right, right now. Yeah, Go ahead.
1: exactly. So, so for me, I do not get up early. I do not have an alarm clock. Okay. We have no, we have a rule in our bedroom. This is something we can dive in deeper, but there are no screens <laughs> allowed in my bedroom. There are no screens in our bedroom. I do not wake up to my cell phone. If you wake up to your cell phone, you're in for a life of pain and problems. Wow. Nonstop. Okay. The first thing I would look at, when I wake up, I roll over. I look at my beautiful bride. That's what I look at, and I have a beautiful picture uh, on our wall—one of our favorite pictures of a picture around where we live. And so that's the way I start my day. If you start your day looking at a screen, you have pain. You're going to have a life filled with pain and problems. Period. Mm.
0: See that we get we get in the podcast there, and that would be something that people would struggle with and turn over and think because of our culture right now. But yes, I, I don't want to comment on everything you're saying. Please go ahead. Oh no,
1: no, no! I'm I'm with you. So. But what you talk about is understanding that if it's not a lifestyle, it doesn't get done. Hmm. So for the sports guys, you know, you, you started our conversation with the Green Bay Packers. So I got this man crush on Blake because he's sports guy <laughs> like me. But I'll, I'll go to John Wooden. And I have this on my dream board, a picture of him. And John reminds me, you know, the classic is when opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare. You already have to be ready, right? So if the ball comes to you and you're like, oh, what am I supposed to do with it? It's too late, Right. So it has to be a lifestyle. So I created a life, because when it's a lifestyle, guess what, you don't think about it, right? You just automatically do it. It's just like, oh yeah, this is just what I do. This is what I do. So again, for me understanding and circling back to the, the time thing, so I do not wake up early. That is, not, that is not harmonious music for me. I do not get up at five in the morning. I do not get up at six in the morning. I get up when I'm done rested. Usually somewhere between 7.30 and 10.30. Just depends. Some days I sleep in, sometimes I'm like, what am I doing up so early? Well, I'm up, so okay, we'll do something. But that's my harmony. Other people's harmony may be that, I love getting up at 4 a.m. I'm at the 4 a.m. club. I, I mean, if that's what they love, then do that, okay? Make that your lifestyle. Just, hey, I'm up at four every morning. That's just what I do. It's like, great. Don't, don't look at my, my thing that you have to do it my way. It's write your own music. So that's the first one is stop feeling guilty about you're not doing it how this guy's doing it. But right, find out what your harmonious thing is. So for me, what I learned, like my harmonious thing too, is I always have dinner with our family. So whether work's done or not, or whatever, we sit down and have a family dinner. And then if there's something else I have to catch up to, I have international clients, so sometimes I have to go back and get with them or whatever. But it's always for me that harmonious is creating that that family time. But going back to the lifestyle part of it, it's like you can only have so many things as a lifestyle. So you got to figure out what's the most important thing. So for me, it was like, okay, I want to have an awesome marriage. So what's the most important thing, which is, man, how can I have amazing sex with my wife as much as possible? Mm -hmm. So for my bride and I, we get remarried, Blake, in a different state or country every year. I get a honeymoon every year. Yes, 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 yes. And for the football fans, I have been married at Lambeau Field. There's a great, on our website, a great picture of it. Coach Woodfin, thank you. He did our vows. It was awesome. You'll love this, Blake. He did our vows, and he was putting Vince Lombardi quotes in our vows about love and togetherness and greatness, and I'm crying. My bride's crying, and I'm crying because it's football, and she's crying because we're getting married. It was awesome. Um, but that's how we build it into our lifestyle so every year it's we're either on a post honeymoon bliss which we're on right now or we're on this hey where are we going to get married next that's how it becomes a lifestyle this lifestyle okay that's how the harm harmonious for us how we create that lifestyle of having an awesome marriage the lifestyle i created with my young adults is saying hey how can i find a way to connect with my adults every day and understanding their love language so my son is quality time so it's like, okay, how can I spend quality time with my son? I love cool cars. I have a lot of cool cars. So my son likes cars. Hey, imagine that. So we go drive places in my cool cars. And now he's learning how to drive. So I'm teaching to drive with him. So that works out great for him. My daughter and I, we've incorporated a thing where we're ta- we take walks in the morning. So that's our thing. It's just me and her. I listen. She talks.
0: <laughs> it's
1: wonderful. And anytime I talk, I'm like, no, I missed it. I just need to, yeah. to, to listen. I'm Walked writing down that one down.
0: Listen. That's good. <laughs>
1: And so, and, but that, that's what, that's harmonious for them, right? So it, it's understanding that part of it. But it really comes down to making it the lifestyle. And the one thing you talked about, typical entrepreneur, right? I've, I can't tell you how many times I've heard it, Blake. Well, yeah, me and my wife, we're just drifting apart. How many times have you heard that, right? Countless, yeah. right? Yeah. So here's, you have to understand for entrepreneurs, and it's job people as well, but mainly for entrepreneurs, there is a drift in life. If you've ever been on a lazy river, if you've ever ever been on a, a kayak, if you've ever been on a stand-up paddle board, surfboard, whatever, and you're trying to stay in line with somebody else, right? Like you get on the lazy river and you're both in your inner tube and you turn around and they're you know 10 feet off, like, hey, where'd you go? There's a drift in life. And so if you want to stay connected to your spouse and your kids, you have to paddle. Hmm. And that's where the intentionality comes in of hey man, I got to paddle every day or guess what? They're going to get farther and farther and farther and farther away. And my bride sat on the couch and we kind of shed tears for people just the other night. We're like, what does a couple do when they're miles away from each other? Right? Like, Oh, we've, we've drifted apart. Cause you haven't been paddling for five years. No wonder you're so far apart. And then they want it back like that. You ever seen that? Right. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole health thing. Right. Well, gee, it, it's taken me 10 years to put on this extra 50 pounds. Oh, I want to go tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, Wait a minute. It took you 10 years to put it on and you want it off in a day, you know? Or but you're a loser,
0: me, right? Or you can't get well, you know, let but me it. ask you though, like are, are people are people just out of touch? Are they immature? Are they unwilling to see the truth? Because because think about this. What what solution gets promoted ultimately in our economy? It's it's not the hey, if you do this every day for the next year, you will lose that weight, you'll be in great shape, and hey, your quality of life will be really great what 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 actually gets promoted is hey take this use this here's the hack whatever and not just with weight with everything here's the mm-hmm. hack here's the thing what? here's the email you can send that's going to get you the next client without any work whatsoever i'll send you <laughs> i'll send you the script it's going to make you a millionaire like we we're really attracted to those things is that because deep down we're we're not willing to put in the work we just don't really realize that we're being misled like what Talk to me a little bit about human nature there because you, you seem like you've nailed it. No, well, you're, you're spot on. It, it's understanding. That's, that's that's what is, you know,
1: I call it, you know, when I coach business owners and on all this different stuff is I help them understand that you want to monetize human nature with integrity mm. because most people are not.
0: Yeah, right? that's really good.
1: Yeah. And it comes down to what you talked about, right? Well, how do you know you're an integrity? Because integrity is a relative word, right? You know, you're in integrity is when it's the intention. What is the intention? Is my intention just, I want to sell this widget? I want to sell this program? I want to sell this thing? You know, you know I want to 10X my business. Ah, right. <laughs> you know, is that the intention? What is the real intention? Or is the intention to serve? Is the intention to say, man, I've got, because I tell my kids this from day one, right? You want to make a lot of money, you solve a big problem and you serve a lot of people. Either one of those will make you a ton of money. Solve a big problem, serve a lot of people. And from a business perspective, right, as an entrepreneur and leveraging, right, you know, the digital marketing space is so classic, right? Man, if I can get a million people a month to buy my $1 a month program, you know, hey, a million bucks a month coming in, a dollar, right? What's a dollar spend? Everyone would spend a buck, right? Spend a dollar, I got a million a month coming in. Now, you can't live off that, but it's a good start. Um, So, but you're getting that concept of, to answer your question is, we all want something for nothing. That's just how we're wired. Nobody wants to do the work; we want the result, right? That's why, again, as a football fan, right? It's easy for us to look and go, "Oh, what a stupid call! I can't believe that guy!" I oh, give me the call. Give me the headphones. Let me call the play, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: We think it's so easy, right? It's like, well, you would call that stupid play if you have spent eighteen hours every day for the last six days with your team and studying and doing all this, right? We, yeah, we can see the forest for the tree, right? Yeah, yeah but yeah. if you're, you know. So everybody wants the result. Nobody wants the responsibility. Nobody wants to do the work. And so again, the the messaging, the marketing is all about something for nothing, something for nothing, something for nothing. Because again, Tony Robbins 101, right? At the core of our wiring, we wanna avoid pain and gain pleasure. Mm. And 99% of that is avoid pain. So when you're having a relationship issue, uh, going back to that documentary, I was talking about the music guy, right? He's on his fifth wife he, and he admits it. He goes, I was a runner. Anytime things got hard, I just ran into a new relationship because that was easier, right? What was he doing? Avoiding pain, right? Oh, I'll just get a new wife. That's easier. That's funner, right? He, he doesn't understand. You can actually marry the same woman again. You don't have to get a new one, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah. much easier. So, understanding that at our nature, that's what we want to do. We want to avoid pain. And so, the only way to, to to the hack, are you ready You know, to use that that word? The hack is to hack yourself and understand that, gosh, I'm already pre-wired to avoid pain. So if I make it a lifestyle, I don't even get to that point where I have to think about it. It's just automatic, right? So what do I do every day that's automatic? What are these one tiny things I do every day that's automatic? And once it's automatic, I don't have to, if, if you have to think about it, it's too late, right? If you have to think about it, you lose. So it's how do I set my life up so I automatically do these things so I don't even have to think about them. That's the only way to hack the avoid pain way that we're wired. Because again, once you get to that point, you have to think about it like, oh, it's too late. So again, for me, like, I don't even look at porn i don't even look at any of that stuff because the second something like that catches your eye the farther you go down that road then you have to think about it like oh should i shouldn't be doing this right how many you know health wise blake you've had friends you've actually said this yourself oh gosh i really shouldn't be eating this yeah yeah. And we sure. tell ourselves all the time right so it's like how do i put myself in a position where i don't even have to get to that point to think about it right mm-hmm. so for me there's rules in our house of what food gets brought into the house guess what if it's in the house i'm gonna eat it
0: <laughs> yeah imagine right? that what a crazy but yeah, imagine that
1: right so there is no like oh i don't eat that my kids eat that no 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 if it's in the house it gets eaten so even to this day on i've lived a lifestyle of health and fitness i will still stare at the cabinet or open the fridge and just stare and look and my bride will come by and go what are you doing i'm like i was just hoping something would appear <laughs> right, Some, something would have been is more delicious, right? That you know, this, this old talk thing. So it's really just on the front end, not necessarily a hack, but just already knowing, like okay, or for myself, understanding your triggers too. Like for me, I am triggered by understanding my personality and, and my love languages and all this other stuff. I am triggered by if I feel like I'm being controlled by someone or something. That's a trigger for me. And so I have to understand that, wow, I, don't, if I'm, I, don't, I can't put myself in those positions because when I'm triggered, that rage comes out, the anger comes out, I become the person I don't want to become. So it's like, ooh, how do I eliminate those triggers? And it's as simple as going as an alcoholic saying, you know, going to the bar as an alcoholic isn't a good position to be in, Right. So let's say you're a cured alcoholic. Going back to a bar is not a good position to be in because it's so easy to fall into those things. And here's another thing on the, on the addictive side that I learned. It's not going back to the... It's fun. This is just for you, Blake. We're going back to the networking guy that we had. It's not the actual substance. What they've proven is that when people fall back into addiction, it's because mm. of the people they're around, the association that they're around. If they go back and they hang out with the same people that they were drinking with, that they were doing drugs with, there's something that triggers in the mind that shifts through those relationships. So if you're trying to go clean or you're trying to go straight, you can't hang out with those same people. And if you know like, oh, I'm tempted to go over there, then guess what, you need to move. You need to go to a different state, different city, different something, so you can't get around those people that will trigger that. So it's but as it, simple as just playing offense and understanding like, hey, yeah. this is how I'm going to get triggered. This is automatically what I'm going to want to do. I'm going to want to – like at the events, right? Like I don't go to events where they're going to sell you at the back of the room because they make it sound so good. And I'll oh, rush to the back of the room. Oh, I want to get this thing that's um, – again, right? Some for nothing. It's going to be some for nothing. some for nothing. So I don't even go to those events because I know like, oh, they're good. They're going to trigger me. I don't do it. I don't go.
0: Well, and I, I – you know, as I'm listening, I mean, is, is that – is the, is the who you surround yourself with, with the accountability piece, is that, because here's what's really great about what you're talking about, is a lot of people, when they get into this conversation, it, it's a lot of hot air, it's a lot of motivation, it's a lot of go-do, you're talking about the real work that happens every single day. And I'm curious, like, is it is the magic in getting these results, is it in, the habit, like making the habit, is it in the diligence or is the magic in in you having the people around you who are pushing you and promoting you in the right direction or is it a combination? I'm just, I'm just kind of analyzing all of these things and thinking about human behavior because there's, there's, there's so many people, myself included, who have things we want to change and yet, you know, it's, it's the whole New Year's resolution thing. You know, there's a moment in your life that says, man, I need to change that. And then a month later, two months later, dude, maybe even, maybe even a week later, it, it hasn't happened. You haven't changed mm-hmm. it. You haven't done it. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what keeps people from actually moving to those real changes?
1: Yeah, you, you, you said a great word. That was interesting. You said habit, right? But it, habits don't work. It has to be a lifestyle. Hmm. You have to make it a lifestyle. And the lifestyle is, it's all wrapped up into that. Because it's like, this is just what I do, right? For example, we'll use the late, great Kobe Bryant, right? You didn't have to tell Kobe Bryant. He didn't have to think about, oh, I got to go practice.
0: It yeah, was yeah, a yeah. lifestyle, right? It's, it's, it's who he is. That's yes. what he's talking about. Is yes. it's, it's less about, I need to go do, make my calendar this, this, and this, yes. but make this part of who I am. Yes.
1: I yes, love it. Yes, yes, yes.
0: You can tell so, I'm jiving. I'm like, yeah, this is really Yeah, yeah you're okay. in, right? And, yeah. and it's
1: as simple as, right? Like brushing your teeth, right? Like brushing your teeth is a lifestyle, right? I don't have to think about it, right? You know, this hairstyle is a lifestyle, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty, I don't have to think about it. So it's it's as simple as that's the hack, is it's who you are. And that's the thing where it goes back. Most entrepreneurs are listening to the show right now, Blake, are going, and excuse the language, but they're going, who the hell am I? Yeah. They don't know, because they've just been caught up in the react, right? This is why I talked about the phone, right? You look at your phone, you react. You look at your phone, you react. You look at your phone, you react. Business is all about react, react. Oh, what's the market doing? Oh, okay, I got this employee over here. I got this, I got this. You spend all day reacting and then you're too exhausted to do anything afterwards. So right? let, let,
0: let's pause it for a second because I think I think that's 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 probably one of the most powerful insights we can make as we wrap up this podcast because HBR put an article that said around 10 to 15%, only 10 to 15% of people are actually self-aware. So how, how, let's say I'm random Joe Schmo trying to grow my business, trying to do all these different things, but I'm hopelessly not self-aware. I mean, you asked the question, who are you? Dude, I don't know who I am. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. How, how does someone now start making traction in that area so they can actually start thinking about how they need to transition their life? All right, I'll give you two things. And I, I got to use my ADDness and write it down. Otherwise, I get lost.
1: So, <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, two things. So the first one is, this is the mantra for the rest of your life that you can use, you can use this mantra for any successful entrepreneur for the rest of your life. And the mantra is, in order for things to change, I have to change. In order for things to get better, I have to get better. In order for things to grow, like my business, like my marriage, like my relationships, I have to grow. In order for things to improve, I have to improve. And it comes down to 100% responsibility. And most people simply want to hide in responsibility because it's easier to play the blame game, right? Yeah. Oh, I can blame the economy. I can blame the president. Um, I can blame the weather. You ever seen those people? Oh man, it rained on my, <laughs> come on. Okay, those are, as my, my original mentor Jim Rohn taught me, those are the only things you have to work with. This is what you have to work with right now. The current weather, the current economy, the current whatever. Why are you blaming the only thing you have to work with, right? So it's just taking full responsibility for the Joe Schmo, right? Like, who am I? So it's taking full responsibility of saying, I don't know who the hell I am. So now what do I do? All right, let's start the process of figuring that out. And it all comes down to, if you boil it all down, it all comes down to self-love. And unfortunately, self-love has been touted with flowers and hippies and women's things and all this stuff. But the core of self-love is where it all comes down to. Because any challenge in society, right, you know, before COVID, it was all about the mass shootings, right? Like guys run around shooting people at all these events, right? Well, I can guarantee you the guy that's mass shooting doesn't love himself, Okay, if the challenge is, oh my gosh, I'm involved in human trafficking and I'm trafficking human beings and I'm abusing these people, those people don't love themselves. Okay, the people that are sabotaging, the people that are murdering, the people that are cheating on their wives, the people that it all comes down to self love. So it's like, here's the challenge, right? Like, you can't give something you don't have, right, Blake? Okay, so if I don't have it, I can't give it to you. So if I don't love myself, I can't really love you. So no wonder so many marriages are a mess, right? You can't truly love someone unless you don't love yourself or your kids or your business or whatever, right? So it's coming back down to, oh my gosh, I need to first, the simple clue to self-aware is saying, I'm not self-aware. <laughs>
0: it's the
1: first step of like, okay, I got that part. All right, now what do I do? Oh my gosh, how do I find this journey to self-love And I think that's different for everybody. And I have a a program that I put people through to help them. You know, just okay, read this book now. Work on this. Okay, read this book now. Work on this. Like a step by step by step. It's super simple. Um, And that's the other part is it's super simple. Say it with me, Blake. It's super Super simple. simple. (laughs) Okay. What's happening right? Okay, in a couple weeks, NFL training camp is going to start.
0: Yeah.
1: What are they going to do at training camp, Blake? They are going to practice what? Blocking and tackling.
0: Yeah, basics.
1: You would think if I'm paying you 20 to $40 million a year, you would already know how to block and tackle, <laughs> right? Okay, super simple. We're going to block and we're going to tackle. Super simple. We're going to, Patriots fans, unite, do our job, right? Super simple. So yeah. it's not this big mystical thing. It's just super simple. You just have to be willing to, like you talked about, get away from the screen unplug from some of this stuff and say, you know what, you know, the pain point is that's, that's, is is understanding that what's temporarily giving you relief from your pain is causing your biggest pain. And that's the social media. That's the escape. That's all that stuff. So you got to be willing to push that aside and say, again, coming back to, like I said before, in order for things to get better, I have to get better. In order for things to improve, I have to improve.
0: And so once you're there, you got it. Well, we are unfortunately out of time. Man, I I feel like I've just been like totally brain rocked over here. Uh, For the listeners, you're going to have to just go back and listen to this episode again because I guarantee you whatever nuggets you just got out of this episode, there are plenty more listening through it again that you'll grab. Dr. Evan Money, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate you, man. Blake, it was an honor. Awesome. For the listeners, hey, if you're a first-time listener, what the heck are you waiting on? Click subscribe on that podcast. We'll keep bringing you good advice wherever you are. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, which why the heck wouldn't you, make sure you leave us a five-star review. Hey, also, be, be sure to check out the other PodMax interviews that are listed here on the show. As always, thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. See ya.